0: guys. Uh, exciting day today. God, we thank you uh, for your grace and for your mercy and for bringing us all the way through the entire book of Genesis. Lord God, this is our last night in Genesis. And I pray, Lord, that as you speak to our hearts, we grab some things that will help us and bring all of this to fruition and bring tied up with the good not God and help us to be well, well prepared with a good foundation to go into the next book that we're about to study. We thank you for that and we ask for your blessings on those who are to come to teach it. And Lord, I pray for those who are listening online or by podcast, God, that your anointing um, will enable and, and touch their hearts so that they can feel what you are saying to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray for all of those who are sick and can't be here but are online with us. We thank you for those people, God. Thank you for their faithfulness, and we ask that you touch and guide them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. All right. I was glad David said unto me. When they said unto me, let us go where? unto the house of the Lord. Well, I'm here. You're here. I'm glad you're here. I know you're glad you're here um and uh so why don't we give god some praise can you just for a second give god some praise and it's also for the fact yes lord we bless you and we thank you and we lift you up and we give you glory we have made it all the way through the entire book of genesis we've gotten a solid foundation and we're excited about what's to come and so we're, we're grateful for what god is doing for those of you who are online one more time welcome those people who are online we welcome you in the name of jesus uh we're getting ready to get started kind of bittersweet for me because y'all won't you'll see me on sundays but you won't see me as much on wednesday nights for quite a while we have three new teachers uh and we're doing um uh, teachers meetings and i'm very encouraged from what i'm hearing uh we have i'm really excited About what they have to bring and how they're going to bring it they're working hard they're not throwing things together they're planning and they're preparing and they got some really good stuff Uh, so we're excited about that I hope you're reading those books for those of you who don't have them brother Dave has them um, that we've just he pre-ordered some so they're $10 if you want to grab one you're more than welcome to grab one just see brother Dave about that but we're gonna go ahead and get into it we are at the end we are about Uh, to see the end of Genesis. And we have three major patriarchs, which are Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. And last week, we saw Jacob take his last breath. We saw Jacob, uh, as the Bible would say, be gathered into his fathers. Jacob has died. Uh, And so now there comes a period of mourning as we close out the book of Genesis, I always remember that the crux of this story and all stories of the Bible are about Genesis 315. Um, this is a love story of God bringing his people back to himself. Genesis 315 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and your seed, and you will crush his heel, but he will crush your head. You'll strike his heel, but he'll crush your head that there is a spiritual battle going on. Yes, we're seeing some historical stuff, but the, all the time you have to keep in mind that there are some spiritual things going on. You'll see that in Hebrews, that the things we see on the outside are, are, are causes. There are spiritual things in the unseen realms uh, and, and spiritual dimensions that are going on, that even though Satan knows he's defeated and that we're, uh, we, we can be with Christ now. Misery loves company, and the enemy is constantly working to destroy us or subvert us or, or put us on the wrong path. Um, so, uh, we're going to start reading Genesis. It's actually a pretty short chapter. We're going to read all the way through it. For those of you who are reading along uh, in your New Testament in 90 days, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, it, it's interesting to go back and read the Bible again and again because every time you see it, you see stuff that you thought you knew uh and, and you see it in a different way we're going to start at genesis chapter 50 verse 1 uh his father has passed away and let's uh let's start there genesis chapter 50 starting at verse 1 when they have it on the screen you can read it with me now you can go check that lamar uh then joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him and joseph commanded his servants the physicians to embalm his father So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for it, for that it is how many are required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him seventy days. And when the days of weeping of him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die in my tomb that I hewed out for myself in the land of Canaan. There you shall bury me. Now, therefore, let me please go up and bury my father. Then I will return. We're going to stop right there because when Joseph does this, Joseph is the second most powerful person in the world right now. Uh, he is second only to Pharaoh himself. Uh, we're, we're good, he, sir? Sir? Okay, second only to Pharaoh himself, that's fine, you can come on back. Uh, And so, his father has died, this has been a momentous occasion, and I I have this first question, because when he dies, he's given instruction of what's to be done with his body. Question number one, can somebody read question number one for me, what does it say? If you were about to die, what what would be said of your life? What would be your final request? That's the question. If you were about to die, what would be said of your life? Have you ever thought about that? What would be your final request? Any anybody, what do you think your final request would be, Brother Ernie, if you were about to die? Somebody please take care of my wife. Somebody please take care of your wife. Okay. Brother Dave? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Hadn't thought that far ahead yet. You better get to thinking. We never know how far ahead that is, but I hope you're around for a while. Austin, what would what would yours be? you wish that there would be more love and patience and kindness. That's good. Lamarck, what would your final thoughts be? What would you, which, which your final wishes be? What would your mind be? Yeah, your wife and your family and your sisters will be all right. I heard somebody talking over here. Who was that? Was that Jayless or somebody? What would yours be? Awesome. That's it, to tell people who can be saved where they will be. Uh Sister Fran, what will be your last? Don't you don't have a clue. Um I'd probably be five more minutes. That would be my last. <laughs> no. Uh with a little levity, but do you notice how when you start thinking about the end, Victor, what would be your last request when you you got ready to die? What do you think? Well, I would ask to be forgiven for any of the wrongs I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I would Do you guys sense the theme? What is everybody generally talking about? They're talking about family. They're talking about eternity. Why am I bringing it up? Because you know what? The most important things in life are the things that you think about last. When you, if you want to find out what's important to somebody, find out what they're about to say when they're on the deathbed. But here's the sad fact. Most of that stuff that we're, we were talking about. Where do we put it on the totem pole? The on the bottom. A lot of times we'll say, take care of my wife when I'm gone. But when your wife is here, sometimes we take her for granted or she's getting on your nerves or or I wish there'd be a lot, lot of peace and love in the world. But we don't we don't take the thought of that when we're when we're living or I wish I could tell more people about Jesus before I go. But here's the question. Why not now? Because tomorrow's not promised to you. Whatever is important to you, you need to live every single day like it's your what? Last. Live every day like it's your last because one day you'll be right. And so we need to make it sure that when we've lived our life, when Israel got ready to die, out of all the stuff we saw Jacob do, out of all the people he swindled, out of all the things he went, he went that was in his life, what ended up being the most important thing to him was to make sure that before I die, I bless my sons. I don't leave any business unfinished. The Bible says when he finished speaking, he drew his feet up into his bed and he breathed his last. So what he had learned across his lifespan of being a trickster, of being tricked himself, was that at the end of the day, one of the most important things is the will of God and family. Why is it that we spend so much little time on the will of God and family in our life? Have we ever thought about that? Think about how little we think about about church, how little we think about worship, how little we think about uh, devotions at home and things like that, or how little we think about the special moments when you're tired from work and your kids come in to talk to you about their day, and you say, You're getting on my nerves, I'm tired, and, and, and I just go away. But at the end of the day, realizing, What if that was the last time you saw them? It lets us know that sometimes we major on the minors and minor on the majors, because I guarantee you. Uh, it's good to work, but when you get to your deathbed, your boss is not going to be there holding your hand. And I will promise you this too, that your job will be posted before your obituary is printed. Before your obituary is printed, your job will be posted. So does that change the perspective of how we live life? But how many times have we been so caught up in work and careers that we look over the things that matter the way most? That's an important thing. So here's how important Jacob had become to his family and to Israel in Egyptian society. If a member of the royal family died or a royal or high estate person, they would mourn for 72 days. They mourned for Jacob for 70 what does that say about the influence and wisdom that Jacob had brought to that land? What does it say about the influence that Joseph had had in that land? And I ask you a question. Um, this is something that people do sometimes. My friend is doing this right now in, in a way. Um, I want you to go home and I want you to do something tonight. Maybe not tonight, maybe tomorrow if you don't like to see it at night. It's going to sound crazy, but you know what I want you to do? I want you to go home, and if you're online, I want you to do this too, and write your obituary. I want you to write it. I want you to see and write it how you would want to be remembered, and ask yourself, is that what I'm living for right now? Is the person I would want to be known as the person that I now am? It will change the way that you what? live life. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I'm, I'm serious about this. It's not a joke. Go home and write out your obituary. That don't, you don't be spooky in religious. You know, that doesn't mean you're finna die or uh, anything like that. That doesn't mean you're about to die. I want you to write out what you would want said about you at your funeral and ask yourself a question. How close am I to living that type of life? And if you're not living that type of life, you still, while God gives you breath in your body, you still have time to what? Change. Change, If I want to say he was a benevolent person who loved his family and and loved his wife to the fullest and lived life to the fullest and was passionate about people and put his family first, I've got to sit down, Brother Ernie, and ask myself, is there a time when I put the church before I put my wife? Or is there a time... When I should set the cell phone off and the people call me and they don't get me, they're just mad because I got to take care of my kids first. Those are important things for us to ask, aren't they? How do you want to be remembered? If you had to be remembered now, don't think about all the people that hate you because everybody got people like that. What would most people <laughs> say about you? How would you be remember? That's a powerful question, isn't it? The length of Jacob's morning day says that Jacob wasn't just an ordinary person. He lived a life and he, uh, he raised a son who trials and tribulations had, had raised as well. But he put enough in Joseph that Joseph became a great leader. And these people are honoring him so much so that he gets an, Inge- uh, an Egyptian embalming, which takes 40 days. And they, they do mourning for him. So uh, that's the thought. Some of y'all still on that last question. Wow, what would my obituary Say, that's a thought, isn't it? But Joseph was determined to honor his father's request. How important is it to keep your promises? Very if, if Joseph's father is now dead, do you think he's going to know whether or not Joseph did what he asked him to do? No, he's not, is he? But still, he takes the time to do what his father what asked of him. Because integrity is what you do when nobody's around to see you. How important is it for us to keep our promises to our family, to keep our promises to our kids? If you tell your kids you're going to take them somewhere, you need to take them there. My kids remind me, Daddy, you didn't keep your promise. You said this. And I'll get up and I'll go do it. I may be tired, but I'll get up and I'll go do it. How good is it for us to tell somebody? Or here's the number one promise that we all break. Oh, you're going through? Well, I'm going to what? pray for you. How many times have we told people that we'll pray for them and we don't? We got one of this person in the building. He said a lot. <laughs> we use it almost like, like a colloquialism or something or just a, something that you say like, oh, that's a shame or bless your heart. We say, I'll be praying for you sometimes the best thing to do when you see somebody going through something don't say i'll be praying for you would you mind if i stop and pray for you right now go ahead take that action because just because you said i'll be praying for you does not mean you get to live to pray for them life is but a what vapor it's important that we do the important thing so we see that they're going to take uh take him back to the land of his fathers. And verse six, I'm going to pull it up 50 and six. It says in Pharaoh, you can read it with me when you get it. It says, and Pharaoh answered, go up and bury your father as he has made you swear. Verse seven. So Joseph went up to bury his father with him, went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household and all the elders of the land of Egypt. Wow as well as all the household of Joseph, his brothers, his father's household, only their children, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen. It was a very great company. We're going to keep going a little while. When they had come to the threshing floor of Athad, which is beyond the Jordan, they wanted, waited there with a very great and grievous lamentation, and he made a mourning for his father for seven days. We can stop there for a second. Now, does anybody notice anything about this funeral train? It's huge. <laughs> this is an honor. You can read all throughout the Bible. You probably won't see any. Have you ever remember, Brother Day, reading anybody's funeral that is like this? Abraham didn't get a funeral like this. Isaac didn't get a funeral like this. Nobody got a funeral like this. Aretha, came close. Aretha. Aretha but she's not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus didn't need a big funeral because he wasn't planning the state. But, but here's the deal. This is a huge honor. The Pharaoh has allowed him to take caravans, This is the midst of having like something like we saw with the queen. We just saw not too long ago. This is big pomp and circumstance. These are not just Joseph's servants. These are Pharaoh's servants. They are honoring the life that Israel lived. That says a lot because we remember socioeconomically, what do Egyptians during this time not do? They don't mix with herdsmen. They don't even eat at the same table, but they lived, he lived such a life and his son has had such an impact that they can't help but what? Respect him. You know what? I pray that you live such a life that even your enemies respect you. That even the people that really don't like you have to respect you for who you are. You know, I don't like him. I don't like the way he does stuff. I, sometimes I don't really care for him, but you know what? He's faithful. He's faithful. He says what he means and he means what he said. He loves his family. I can't stand him. When I see him, I see red, but, but his kids adore him. His wife adores him. There got to be something good about him. Live a life to where the Bible says that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his what enemies be at peace with him. This is not the same Jacob that wrestled his brother in the womb. This is not the same Jacob that, that, stole a birthright for a bowl of soup this is a jo- uh, jacob that has lived life and life has made him wise i always wondered why my mother was so smart and i was the person with the college education and she would just keep telling me and i wouldn't listen every now and then she looked look at me and say just keep living if you keep living long enough you'll make enough mistakes <laughs> And, and you'll learn a lot of things. Hopefully you will. Some people don't learn from their mistakes, brother. Ernie. They keep going in the same old cycle. I don't want to be that person. But life will bring you what? Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom if you can apply the word to your life. So they're, they're doing like this is their custom. They're going to mourn for seven days. This is a big thing. And so let's go to verse 11. It says this. Verse 11. When the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of a tide, they said, this is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. Wait a minute. By the who? By the Israel's not Egyptian. He's a Hebrew. But he's affected a whole another culture. I submit to you that as Christians, maybe we should stop running from the culture and work to live a life in front of the culture that engages the culture and grabs the attention of the world. The problem is in the church many times, we're trying to imitate the world so we can grab the attention of people, if we live the life where well, we live such a life that the world wanted to grab attention to us that we pointed to christ and the way we lived and the way that we did things that we were in the world but not of the world so much so that it drew people to christ because he says if i be lifted up i'll draw all men unto me well that has several meanings one is that he was lifted up on the cross but also we lift him up. how else do we lift him up victor yeah with praise but what's the best way we can honor god what's the best way of worship by the way you live the best part of worship is done when there's no music to be played it's how we live our lives that's worship we can't relegate worship just to raising your hands when the music goes and we got good worship and I love it and that's great I'm not discounting that but how you really tell God you love him is how you live when the church folks ain't around to see you mark if I interviewed the people on your job and told them you were the deacon at the church what would that face say? No. <laughs> yeah. just plead just plead the fifth. Alright. <laughs> Austin, if I if I went up on the roof, you ain't gotta worry about that. because 'cause I'm yeah. scared of heights. But if I were to go up on the roof and ask the roofers what kind of Christian man is Austin, what would they tell me? It's rhetorical, you don't have to answer. But you can if you want to. There's someone that'll tell you that I'm kind and I will, you know, give anything I have to help. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> that's an honest answer. I like that. I, I I like that. And we're all like that. Nobody has a hundred percent fans, and if you do, you you really got about fifty percent fans and fifty percent fakers. Not everybody likes you, <laughs> but that that but that's good. What's yeah? That's an honest answer. That's a real honest answer. That's what we want is honesty. Um. So we see that they look and they say we see this morning of the, the Egyptians. Therefore, the place was named Abul Mizraim it is beyond the Jordan. Thus his sons did for him as he commanded, although they would never do anything right while he was living. (laughs) When he's dead, they finally decide to do right. You really going to wait till I die to finally do what I asked you to do? That's what he's saying. Land, they buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah to the east of Mamre. And remember at the beginning of Genesis, remember we showed you the cave of the patriarchs. And, and it was built up real fancy and you could see the pictures of where those tombs are to this day. This is historical fact. They buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah to the east of Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron, the Hittite, to possess a burying place. We remember that after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. Now we get to the, the good stuff. with we, we, this, this is funny. Now. Let's start at verse 15 and let's let's, let's read. We're going to go 15 to 21, I believe. So starting at verse 15, let's read together. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil (laughs) that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. <laughs> and now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of God, of your father. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought they had changed. <laughs> but they. this is in the back of their mind. And let's be fair. If you threw your brother in a pit, left him for dead, sold him into slavery, and, and you know he loved his dad and it would hurt his dad to kill him it's probably in the back of your mind as soon as daddy gone he gonna do something to us because that's what i would do that's, that's that's what you think so they they cook up this story there's no proof that jacob ever said this and it probably wasn't even on his mind because he we just saw him spend a lot of time even talking about the things that joseph came through last week remember the arrows were thrown at you and this but all of a sudden they said Oh, we forgot to tell you that daddy said to make sure that you don't kill us and be kind to us and forgive us and don't pay us back for all the wicked things that we did to you. Can you blame them? Can you blame them? They deserve it. If he did something to them, he'd be within his rights to do it, wouldn't he? He, he could execute every last one of them, and except for maybe Benjamin. And nobody would blink and nobody would say, and let's be honest, when we watch movies, we watch, especially guys, we like watch movies and they got a villain and they have him do something heinous at the beginning. You know why? Because the whole time you waiting for the good guy to come and have that quote at the end and you know. (laughs) handle business take care of business to vanquish the enemy we all like those those hero stories but at this end we're going to see something different it says this let's go to the top bottom of chapter uh bottom of chapter 15 bottom of 17 The verse what does it say joseph wept joseph wept when they spoke to him his brothers also became and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants, smart men. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear. Am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me. I, to me, this is the best verse in the whole chapter. But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you or your little ones and your little ones. Thus, he comforted them and spoke kindly. He wept. It hurt him to think that they they think so little of me that I've been plotting all this time for daddy to die and waiting for you to die. Now, some people do do that. Some people are a little not well adjusted in that instance. And, and they, they, they're bitter and they can't get over it. But what do we see in Joseph? What's the number one thing we see? What is working and that work and activating in his life? Forgiveness. 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 He has a spirit of forgiveness. He can move forward. Some people don't move forward in life because the Bible says, see that no root of bitterness set up in you. When you can't forgive, you keep those offenses in you. They begin to metastasize and they become a poison on the inside of you until you just become bitter. Every time you turn around, somebody, you yelling or complaining or screaming. Why? Because that person wasn't like that, but they, they couldn't forgive. And because they couldn't forgive, that stuff turns into poison. So I want you to see something. And this is the question. How powerful is forgiveness for our survival and mental well-being? That's it. Jalus, how powerful do you think forgiveness is? (laughs) That's it, Vic. Uh, You get healed. You You said the word I wanted you to say. Those are the words I wanted you to say. Heal and poison. Do you not know that some people have stress and bitterness in them so much that they probably send themselves to an early grave because they're bitter and they don't know how to what? Forgive. One of the, if, if i didn't learn anything else i learned a lot from my spiritual father dr charles miller he had he, if anybody could forgive he could forgive he still can and he had a heart of forgiveness and he tell you you can't get to heaven unless you forgive you can't get to heaven unless you can love everybody people had done him wrong and he was able to let it go everybody said let it go You not being able to forgive is like you drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. It is what it is. If somebody's done something to you, you've done something to somebody. So goes life. Forgive. Giving it shall be what? given unto you. Forgiveness is powerful. You see, Joseph's the the crux of Joseph's story, and most people, when they they talk about Joseph, he Joseph points back to what the thing really is. We always want to talk about Joseph gets all this wealth and the abundance and stuff because that's what we like. We like a wealth story. But Joseph gives us what it's really about. It wasn't about me anyway. It was about the plan of God in my life. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for what? Good. And I submit to you tonight that Joseph was rich, not because he had servants. Joseph was rich, not because he had money, not because he had all these things and wealth and the wealth of Egypt and his ships, not because he was second to Pharaoh. You know why Joseph was wealthy? Because his heart was free. He had something that money couldn't buy. He was able to forgive. You know how powerful forgiveness is? If it wasn't for forgiveness, we'd all be in hell. Think about that. Mess up? That's it. So much so that the word says, if you do not forgive the others their sins, neither will their heavenly father forgive you. Right. Forgiveness is our lifeline. If it wasn't for forgiveness, where would we be? The whole purpose of the cross is imputed righteousness and forgiveness. That Christ becomes the propitiation or the substitute for our (coughs) sins. God saved the world with forgiveness. Wow. So we should always have a heart that is quick to what? Forgive. Forgive quick to let it go. Don't stay. Somebody listen to me online. Don't stay better than people. They did you wrong. They hurt you. I've hurt people. I'll be honest about that. You've hurt people. You be honest about that. You've let people down. I've let people down such as life. You've been entrusted with things and you failed at those things. You, once you apologize and, and you're done and you do that, there's not much else you can do, but live a life and try to live a better life than you did. But what you have to do is don't be caught in a prison of unforgiveness. You know what Joseph said? I spent long enough in the prison for a crime I didn't commit. Why would I spend my, the rest of my life in, a, in prison for a crime I didn't commit? I didn't throw, thank you Holy Ghost. I didn't throw myself in the prison. I didn't throw myself in the pit. Those are crimes I didn't commit. Why would I stay in the prison of unforgiveness when I didn't commit the crime? You only do the time if you do the crime. And I'm not, when people do offenses against you, you're not doing the crime. So why are you doing the time? Why are you saying, you know, there are some people that say I die before I die and go to hell before I forgive them. Don't you know people are like that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I heard people say it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean that. And if you do, you need to change because you're in a miserable state in your life. When you're in a place where you can't forgive people, you are a prisoner. Everybody say you're a prisoner, you're You're not free. You might as well go right down to the 36th district court, walk to the bailer, put your hands in handcuffs, go on down to the holding deck and sit on in there and lock the door. You should be like Otis on Andy Griffith. That's what you should be like. Just go on up there, take the key, open up the door, lock it and sit on down because you're not free anyway. If you got hatred in your heart, you're not free anyway. And I asked the question, Now, here comes the banger. Have you ever had trouble forgiving anyone? How did you handle it? Sister Benice, you said yes. How did you handle it? You had to learn to forgive. You You had to learn to forgive. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. But I'm free I You're free because you forgave, and you said a word three times. I heard that word is learn. You have to learn to do it. It's a process. It's not always, easy. It's not always forgiveness. Is not always easy, is it? No. <laughs> because it's counterintuitive. When when somebody hits your hand with a brick, you say, "Ouch." When somebody hits your heart with a knife, you say, ouch, you're in pain. And so you have to go counterintuitive to that pain and do the opposite of what you feel. That person unknowingly or knowingly has taken something that may have destroyed you mentally, physically, psychologically, put you into a bad place. But I'm going to tell you, the power of God is so great in forgiveness because you take away the only thing the enemy has. If he can't make you bitter and angry, and he, guess what? He loses. You win when you forgive. Wow. I put this last question. Your character is revealed in your response to offense. Well, they did something wrong to me, so you should feel sorry for me. Yeah, but you blew up their car. I don't feel, that. I mean, now you're not innocent either. Two wrongs don't make them what? You show who you really are when you're offended. That stuff that people say, I didn't mean to say it. Oh, you meant it. You just been masking it long enough, but this time when I hit you, the truth really comes out. That's one of the reasons why, if I say something in anger, I don't say it in mean to say it. I say I should not have said that. That's a better way to say it. I should not have said that because you meant it. Because if you say, because I feel like if you say something that's hurtful to somebody in a moment of anger, and then you turn around and you go, oh, I didn't mean that. I'm mm-hmm. lying to them. So not only are you yeah. them, now you're lying, to them. yes. People are the most honest when they're A, inebriated, or B, when they're angry. <coughs> or C, when they got old enough not to care anymore. <laughs> they just gonna tell you what's on their mind. It's like, it's not that mean, they mean they're just too old to play games anymore. I don't have time to play these games with you. I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you it is what it is, you know? But that, and so you appreciate that honesty, but your character is revealed in the offense. So I ask a question. What have your previous responses to offense revealed about your character? Wow. When people did you wrong, how did you respond? Uh, Mixed (laughs) bag, sometimes Sometimes bad. bad. So sometimes is it safe to say that sometimes we haven't been proud of how we reacted when we were offended and it it revealed more. I'm gonna tell you something. When people do, do you wrong, it reveals more about how you respond to them about who you are than what they did to you. If somebody hurts you and you become vicious and your only goal is to destroy that person, you know what? That doesn't look bad on them. That looks bad on you. If Victor did something to me and hurt me and I went around talking to sister Benice and everybody else trying to get them to think Victor was the worst person in the world. And I, and I did everything I could. And I went to Victor's job. I'm trying to get Victor fired. I don't even know his boss, but I'm gonna find his boss. So I can tell him he is no good, good enough for good, nothing good for nothing. Whatever Christians can say without getting in trouble. And, and, and I'm trying to get, I'm trying to take his job. I'm trying to take it life. I'm trying to take it livelihood. What does that say? That doesn't say as much about Victor as that says about what? me. Yeah, they're going to say you're a preacher because here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. But how many times do Christians hide behind the name of God to try to destroy somebody? Self-righteousness. Oh, they gave an offense to the Lord so they should be punished really harsh some they can quote all sorts of scripture they can quote all the scriptures about about justice and none about grace that doesn't reveal who that person is that reveals who they are Honestly, never looked at it <laughs> yeah the because Think about it it doesn't it reveals your character jesus said it this way there was a man that owed a few thousand dollars and uh, he owed millions of dollars rather and he was really he needed to be thrown in the debtor's prison and his boss let him go he said I'm gonna let you go the king let him go because he owed millions of dollars and when the king let him go he went and found somebody else who had done something and they owed him maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. He been, he been, he been, he's been uh, resolved to millions of dollars, and he choked the man victim. And when the king found out. He said he grabbed the man and said, I'm going to put you in prison forever and you're going to have forever torment with us, weeping and gnashing the teeth. What God is literally saying, what that parable is saying is if you live a self-righteous life where well, you are always holier than now, and you want everybody to forgive you, but you won't forgive nobody else. Hell will be your home. Because if you can't forgive men, their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father. Forgiveness is not an idea. It's mandatory. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm going to forgive them. And I hope, hope, hope they, they make it. <laughs> but but you, you, you can be free. But think about that. How many times I've seen that happen? That's happened to me. How many times do people use your mistakes and use the Bible to try to destroy you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like the woman called an adultery, everybody brought the woman that was called an adultery, and they used the Bible to try to kill her. The fact is, how did you know where to find this woman? How did you see this woman, unless you were looking through her window? or she was a prostitute, and you were in the red light district. How do you know what the red light district is? So let he that is without sin cast the first stone. And what did the Bible say? Jesus didn't condone sin, but when they really started looking at themselves, they said, you know what? Look at the time, Brother Dave. (laughs) We can deal with sin. We can be honest and open and that's not, I'm not telling people to live just a, a debauched life. But what I'm saying is, as Christians, we should be quick to forgive. Well, prove it. I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. This is our scripture. I wrote it on here. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 14. Romans 12, 14 to 21. <laughs> Let's see this. Because this is going to, This. Is gonna, this is, thank you, Holy Ghost. This is a wonderful way to uh, end the night. Because I'm going to read verse 22 for Joseph and then this is what I want to end on Romans 12 while they're pulling that up. I'm going to read uh, Genesis 22. Uh, stay where you are uh, media team back there. So Joseph remained in Egypt. He and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years and Joseph saw Ephraim's children we remember Ephraim is Israel of the third generation. Wow. That's a long life. The children also of Machir the son of Manasseh were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land. He swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, uh, saying, then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear. Saying, God will surely visit you and you will carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And we know from the Exodus that when they left Egypt 400 years later, they took the bones of Joseph with them. So let's see how we end this. I want you, this is what I want you to get right here at the end. What does verse 14 say? Bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse them wow that's hard to do isn't it there's somebody you know is trying to destroy you or hurt you or do something mean to you that you can do something good for them that's hard but it's possible rejoice with those who uh rejoice weep with those who weep i want to get to verse 16 pull up verse 16 from there i want you to see these things that i highlighted what does it say Live in harmony with one another, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. I wanted you to see that live in harmony. Our goal as Christians is to live in what? Harmony we're also as christians when people try to have division we're supposed to move those people out the book of romans says mark them which cause divisions among you we're supposed to if you got gossips in the church trying to tell the church and speak negative and evil of other people we need to we need to say hey that's not cool here that's not tolerated let's uh let's go to verse 17 because i want you to see that what does it say repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all what does that speak to you, Victor? Scale of one to 10. How easy is it to do to you for you? I understand. Yeah, uh, I'm five. five, that's it. That's, that's the honest answer. I like that average. by yeah. average mark scale of one to 10. How hard, is, how easy is that for you? On offense. Okay. A big offense that they meant to do. About a two. Okay. The honest answer. Honestly. We can be honest. We we we're, we're measuring our gaze to see where we are. Austin, I'm picking I'm picking on my guys tonight, Austin. You're honest. You're honest. You're honest. Yeah. That's, that's how men should be we should be there to protect our family and, and things like that if, if you you hurt my family I'm gonna I'm be nice to you afterwards um <laughs> afterwards but uh <laughs> but I'm gonna protect my family um sister Fran, scale of one to ten how easy is that to do yeah what about, what about on, a, on a 10 point scale what would you say? Uh-huh, much easier than it used to be, because as you get older, you realize what's really important, don't you? It's easy. isn't it how funny how youth is wasted on the young when you finally get wise uh, I mean that's, <laughs> that's it. We need her head and her head and her head and our body right now, but this is not how it works <laughs> Go ahead, brother Ernie. mhm I have never in my life seen somebody as anointed and and trustworthy as this fellow right here yeah and I'm hoping it rubs off <laughs> it will he, he 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 is he is anointed fellow he's 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 faithful um God God bless him we got a lot of a lot of blessed people now we're going to verse 19 cuz we we got to get out of here um i can stay all night because i live across across the way but i know y'all want to go home let's let's see verse 19 i I like the way he says beloved let's start there beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of god isn't that what joseph just said am i god that i meet out justice but most times who tries to meet out don't we try to meet out our own justice you do something to me. That's why they need marriage counselors. You do something to me, I'm gonna do something to you. You're not doing this for me, I'm not gonna do that for you. Does that sound like anybody's met marriage at some point in time? You're not you if you're not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. You're not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. You gonna are be petty and do this? Well I'm gonna be petty and do that. Uh, does that sound like anybody? Yeah. You know, that's funny because I've had so many people through the years. Yeah. And I've had so many people tell me when you know they've seen him show his behind, or Mm -hmm. you know him and I might be arguing about something. Mm -hmm. I'll still get up, I'll still make sure he has his water, work day, and I make sure that he's good. Mm -hmm. And I've had people tell me, why do you do that? I wouldn't be doing that for my man. And I said, I might be disappointed in him right now, but that doesn't mean I stop loving him. And let me ask you a question: Do they still have a man? Thank you. That's, that's why that's, that's why for those who couldn't hear Elizabeth's testimony, she said when her husband is doing something that is less than, less than, less than great. She still does nice stuff for him. And they ask, why would you be doing that? I wouldn't be doing that. Most people who are saying that they're not married. And if they are married, they won't be long <laughs> because if you get into a cycle of quid pro quo, which is Latin for this, for that you kill my dog, I kill your cat. You're going to be short lived. You can only survive in life if you learn to what? Forgive. Let me tell you. Especially t- yeah. because all they're gonna do is if she doesn't forgive him, you know, then he goes mad. You mm-hmm. I mean, be back you well, and forth with whoever. Yeah. Who, what ever be done? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. People who have done that with their spouses where I've seen them do that, where they're withholding affection or maybe something that they normally help with from their spouse because they're mad at them. Yeah. I've seen it just, it just keeps getting worse. Except yeah. Mhm. Yeah. The the That's it. They're being attacked, and not only this. If a spouse is starved of a need, you force a spouse. Now they it, they should be there, but if a spouse is starved of a need, it makes them more susceptible to go get that need somewhere else. Yeah. Well, it's you turn them into a martyr. Into a martyr. Exactly. Yeah. I don't they're persecuted. It's a never ending cycle. You see how un- unforgiveness can destroy relationships and marriages and all sorts of stuff and how powerful forgiveness could be. Think about your, your life. Those of you who've been married for a while. I've been married almost two decades. Wow. Uh, but at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, I look back over my life. There were a lot of days that could have been a lot of sweeter. If I learned three words, let everybody repeat after me, let, let it go. go it's not that important in, in, in the grand scheme of life it's not that important yeah he, he left his shoes there for the 50th time but it's not worth the fight and, and injuring your spouse yeah she burned the bread this time learn, just learn to cook bread and keep going if she can't cook that's fine yeah she overspent go get another job and, and learn to budget your money and you if they if he can't spend Handle money, then you handle money. Do what you have to do, but don't walk around in unforgiveness. The reason couples last is not because they're not offenses. Oh, they're offenses, they're lies, there's cheating and infidelity. There's all sorts of things. You know what makes it last? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's it. Forgiveness. Wow. That's how powerful this is. And the whole Bible is cruxed on one word forgiveness. For God so loved the world, the world that sinned against him. The world that disobeyed him, the world that turned their back, the world that was irreverent, the world that doesn't think about him. The cosmos is that word, he said, the world that that that's proud of everything that he hates, that world. He loved that world so much that he gave his only begotten son that so whoever so believe in him would not perish, but they get forgiveness. Everlasting life. Wow. Leave it to the wrath of God. Let's read this last thing and we're out of here. This is rich tonight. Y'all, at least I'm going out on a good note for a little while. Um, and that, that'll that'll be good. I, I like this. What the end of let's just do 19 and 20, read it all the way out. Let's, let's go. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, Elizabeth, feed him. <laughs> if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. She didn't know it was coming. So by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now stop. I need to tell you, he's not talking about literal coals. He's talking about conviction that the, if, if somebody keep doing you dirty and you keep doing them nice, unless they just a despicable person, at some point in time, they're going to get convicted about how they're treating you. The nastier I am to you, the that's what he's talking about. Colds of conviction. There's conviction on his head. So don't try to be nice to your enemy just so God will get him. That's not what he's saying. That's not how that works. So because somebody read that and said, oh, I've been waiting to get them. Hey, man, I'm sending you something for Amazon right now. No, no, that's not how that works. What he's saying is if you live a godly way in forgiveness, they'll look at you and they'll be convicted. The nicer I am, to, the worse I am to them, the nicer they are to me at some point in time. You got to be convicted by that. So verse 21 says this. And this is, oh, Jesus, we can finish with this tonight. Let's read this loud. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Cain, why is your countenance following If you do good, will not you be blessed? But I'm going to tell you this, Cain, that if you don't, sin is waiting and crouching at the door to overtake you. What am I saying? God's speaking to somebody's life right now saying, you're about to be overcome with evil. It might not be anybody in this room because the spirit of here feels light. It might be somebody listening to us, listening to us later. You're at the point where you're about to go to the point of overturn no that God's wanting you to forgive, but you keep fighting it. I'm encouraging you, don't be overcome with evil. You don't fix bad by becoming bad. You fix bad by showing what's good. Whatsoever is lovely. Whatsoever things appear, whatsoever things of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think thou on these things. Do not be overcome by evil. Our politicians could learn a thing or two about that. Our news media can learn a thing or two about that, couldn't they? We can learn a thing or two about that or 16, (laughs) don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to congratulate you because if you've never done it, you have completed a complete synopsis of the book of Genesis. You've gone from chapter one all the way to chapter 50. You can't undo it. You are now biblically literate and accountable for everything that you read in that book. So guess what? You've gone through all 50 chapters, and as you go through the New Testament, go through it again, because Hebrews is the only book other than Revelations that has, the only book, this is the best way to say it, the only book that has more Old Testament references than Hebrews is the book of Revelation. So it's important to know the foundations uh, of the Bible. I am so godly proud of you. I really am. For sticking it out we finished way earlier than i initially thought we would be at the end of the year so we're able to get into another book we're going to finish up nehemiah on sundays i will be devoting a lot of time to to sundays now and more sermon prep now that we're leading out and letting some of our leaders do bible study which i'm exact. i'm super excited about and, and hopefully trying to coach a few more leaders in there to <laughs> to, to get Brother, you, you won't be teaching that at all. no i'm not going to be teaching on wednesdays we have three teachers that are very capable, uh, and they're excellent teachers, and we are ha- we've had, what, three or four te- teachers' meetings? Uh, and so they're, they're teachers' meetings and have led in the church in some way, uh, and they're good teachers, and they know me. I'm tough. I do have guidelines. I encourage them, but I've already given them rules of what's there, or what's, what, what we can and cannot do, and what a, what a, the expectations are high. I'll put it that way. I, oh, yeah, I'll still be here. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be in the class. I'm going to be in the class. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be one of the students. They're going to teach. Yeah, I'm going to be with you all. I'm not going anywhere. But as our church grows, we need to develop leaders. I'm about leadership development and we got some good leaders. And it doesn't make any sense for me to sit here when we got capable, formal pastors or still pastors in, in here and other people that are able to do things. We want to develop those gifts and use them and wherever God wants them to use. And hopefully people are more in love with Christ, even online, than they are with me. If you hear from my personality, I'm short. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not very, very fancy. God's given me a gift, but I'm not the only person God's gifted. And so we're gonna celebrate other people's gifts and learn, it's a beauty. If you could have been on the call last night, it was just beautiful to listen. Like Lamarck said, listen to the different people and listen to how they look at it from different ways. It really blessed me. And I'm excited for you to hear what I heard. <laughs> and so it's very well planned. Uh, and it's going to be there. I'm going to be focusing a lot on Sundays and doing some other stuff as we get ready to prepare for church growth and preparing other leaders and things like the connected encounter 360 and things like that. And I can put more focus on Sundays and, and that as well as, and, and just to be honest, it, it'll be nice to be taught. Sometimes pastors need to be fed too uh and and so that that'll that'll be a good thing i'm excited, which means i'm expecting everybody in this room to continue to be what in this room, and I got it mixed up, so you never know which one is going to be, so you can't say which one coming tonight you just gotta show up <laughs> and uh but they're all good, they really are uh and i'm I'm super excited and i'm uh, for those of you who are online i'm i'm asking you to stay along with us as we go. Uh, And actually we'll be working on some other projects and some other online content and podcasts to be able to take the gospel to another level. Them doing that allows me to extend ways. Um, And so we've already started working on some of those projects. I'm extremely happy to have taught this to you and I'll be back teaching eventually unless they do really good. And then you'll see me on Sundays and uh, I intend you will see me on Sundays. They're going to do really good. Um, Any other questions? Any other, other comments? I have something to say. Yes. My brother Ray Uh huh. He says I watched your pastor Willie Barry. I, I really enjoyed. Mhm. Well, praise God. Well, if Ray, if you're watching and you're listening, we're so glad that you're watching, and we we really enjoy you taking the time. There are a lot of people that send us little messages, and that that's really encouraging. And I want you to continue to do that for for these teachers. I'm promising you they're, they're good. You know me. I'm I'm a perfectionist to a fault I'm working on that y'all pray for me so I'm not gonna put anybody in front of you that's gonna give you something that that's less than the standard uh and and I'm gonna probably be reaching out to some other people to do some other things and some other teachings as well uh yeah yeah no you're good yeah Grace. yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's it, and we, we talked about that last night, didn't we? Yeah, and grace and things. But praise be God, all these people the season. So I'm I'm excited and uh, we'll give them grace, uh, but I'm just excited. I really am. I love good Bible teaching. In case you didn't tell, tell, I really like the Bible, (laughs) so I I like the teaching, Uh, (laughs) so I'm gonna let you guys go and have a good night. Um, While I'm up here on Wednesday nights, I know there are certain people that watch uh, Sister Messer. I just want you to know that we're praying for you uh rose thank you for being faithful from where uh, where you are and other people that reach out to us too that don't always let us know that they're uh all the way down in Mississippi some of my family there in other states and some in other countries um but we're praying for your healing sister Mester um I don't know if they watch but brother David Nichols we pray for you a lot we'll continue to pray for you um, with that being said any any last questions or comments anything that you takeaways that you got from here you feel the need to express Has this helped everybody? Very good. Forgiveness is huge. That's it. Well, we're going to pray. I want to bless you uh, and thank you and encourage you. And we're going to go from there. God, I thank you for these, your people. Uh, We bless you, God, because you are good to us and your goodness uh, surpasses anything we've ever known. Um, God, thank you for allowing us to learn your word and Lord God to be transparent and open and to converse together, God, and iron sharpens iron, Lord God, and so one man sharpens another. Thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, and Lord, we ask that your spirit goes with all those who are in our fellowship, who need healing, Brother Archie, Brother Cynthia, uh, Sister Dara, all those people, Lord, Lord God, Norty and Sue, um, Sister Dorothy Messer, all those people, God, ask that your healing virtues touch them. Uh, and guide them. And Lord, I pray for this next series in Hebrews, Lord God, that it be the best series that's ever been taught here. Lord God, anoint your teachers to do better than I've ever done before. Lord God, and not, not from their giftings, but from the power of your Holy Spirit. Lift them up, God, that this this church, this community will be lifted up, even the online community, and we'll be blessed from the things that we learn and the bowels of your word. We give you praise and thanks for you. And I pray that the enemy not take anything that we've learned here, but this is a sure foundation to help us grow. And we'll give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Somebody give a hand clap of praise. <laughs>